Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I'm referee Aubrey Edwards here with my co-host and longtime legendary commentator Tony Schiavone. And good friend. And good friend. Absolutely. Very good friend. Yeah, so friendship has developed. Friendship. Sincerely. Sincerely. Friendship. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I really have. I appreciate you saying that. No problem. Speaking of friendships. Yes. And relationships and really awesome people we like working with. We've got our reoccurring guest, Tony Khan, president of All Elite Wrestling here with us today. Uh, we're here to actually talk about Fighter Fest, right. which is two nights. Kicking off July 1st, TNT, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central. Next Dynamite. Wednesday, yep. Yes, next Wednesday. And then the following Wednesday, July 8th, same time slot, same place, TNT. It's going to be really, really awesome. But before we talk about Fighter Fest, first off, we're still in a global pandemic. Uh, it affects us every day at work. We're getting tested every time we come in to tape and whatnot. Right. Uh, social distancing, masks quarantining, all of that. I, I think, uh, and uh, speaking on someone who started in wrestling in the 80s and saw it through the 90s and took a little sabbatical, but wrestling has changed on the inside, and mm-hmm. I think that's a credit to you and the EVPs. It's a better place, a better working environment. You said right before the pandemic hit, if you're sick, stay home. It would not affect your job. It made us all feel good about our job, and, and I think... That's a credit to you and the EVPs for all you've done. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that, Tony. Speaking okay. of jumping into Fighter Fest. Let's do it. Let's talk about it, right? So two nights. Yes. First night's going to be huge. We've got a number of matches. I mean, first off, back, back, even before that, every single title is on the line. Yes. Which is huge. Huge, huge, huge. I don't think we've ever done that on Dynamite. No, we've never had all the titles on the line. Now, across these two episodes, every title will be on the line. And really, so many of the major stories in AEW are going to be coming to a head or it's going to be a huge moment in these stories. It's just going to be a lot of awesome things. And it's the kind of environment typically that we have on pay-per-view and for our big shows quarterly. And this is like one of those. It's kind of in between Double or Nothing and All Mm -hmm. Out. Last year, it was a streaming special. It was a huge success as a streaming special. It was actually the number two customer acquisition day ever for BR Live. And they have tons of live sports, and it's a great service. So we wear it as a badge of honor with all the great, you know, European football and all the Mm -hmm. great sports they've covered, but also the only sporting event or any event for BR Live that ever had uh, exceeded us in terms of customer acquisition on the app was the Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson golf match yeah. uh, which are you know the two biggest names in that sport and and two of the biggest names in sports so uh, that was pretty cool and this year I had said after double or nothing in this the scrum after mm-hmm. that show 
that I really wanted to bring Fighter Fest to England. And I thought it would have been awesome if we could have done it. Uh, and, yes. <laughs> and that was the original plan for, that, for this event. And then when that wasn't possible, um, I realized that it's something that we could still do as a special set of Dynamites. And when you look at the amount of content uh, in your two-hour show, you know, even without the ad breaks, when you, especially when you factor back in mm-hmm. that the picture-in-picture that we stay with the matches as much as we can, then really uh, across a couple two-hour TV shows, you can really get that action of one big pay-per-view and have all your big stories and all these big matches. And that's why I think Fighter Fest uh, as a two-week event is one of the biggest things we've ever done on Dynamite, and I'm really excited about it. And you've got, like Aubrey mentioned, you've got four title matches. You've got three the first night. And these title matches are, are well-documented now. I mean, Cody and Jake Hager, what a, what a physical match that's going to be. And it means so much on many levels Yes, mm-hmm. when, when you talk about the TNT Championship. Absolutely. And then we saw the uh, press conference uh, right. last night oh, that boy. had gotten oh, uh, out of hand and uh, the physicality there. And uh, I think that's going to be an awesome match. And those guys have a lot of history and they've had some great matches against each other. And uh, Dustin and Jake Hager ha- have had great matches and had a great match at Revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, the history going back with Jake breaking Cody's brother's hand before... Uh, the Cody and Chris Jericho match at Full Gear. So there's a ton of history between Cody and Jake, both in AEW and out of AEW. The press conference, the sparks flying, really touched on the kind of things we see in big championship fights in other sports in uh, mixed martial arts and boxing. So that was a really uh, cool way to kick off the show, and that's going to be a great match. Yeah, he's uh, Jake Hager, and, and I know, listen, we all love Cody, and I know what he has meant Wanting to defend that title, mm-hmm. you know, making a personal sense of pride with him, with him. But Jake Hager is, I mean, as far as a guy that can just turn you inside out, he's, he's something else. He, I mean, he's. I was talking to him about it uh, the other day. I said back way back when, uh, in the backstage area, no one wanted to screw around with Rick Steiner because he was the type of guy that could stretch you. Yeah. I said you're that guy now because you're so tough, and he really is. He's yeah. really mm-hmm. tough as they come. I mean, yeah, Jake's uh, Jake's tough as nails, and uh, it's going to be a really tough test, and that's a. Uh, probably the toughest test yet for Cody and it's going to be a great title match and uh with that you know we're we're into night one I mean that's uh one of the one of the three title matches in night one right and then uh before we get to the title matches after the great lumberjack match we had last night yes I think we have to touch on uh with you know MJF and Wardlow versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy now it's going to be so good it's going to be awesome and uh you know we've seen MJF and Jungle Boy had the classic at Double or Nothing, and, and really they've had a couple classics now over the last year, and mm-hmm. developed a real rivalry since we started the company. And, you know, they have such great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they'd work together outside AEW. I was sure they must have. Yeah. Because they had uh, worked together on a cruise, on the Jericho cruise, yeah. in one of the house show matches, and it was tremendous. Yeah, it was me, Jack, and uh, MJF on the boat. Yep, it was great. Yeah, and the three of you, uh, you know, I, as with the, uh, the great referees, I forgot that you had refereed <laughs> that, but to be fair, we only had two referees on you the boat. See me. I feel you like you refereed me. a large percentage of the matches on the boat I anyway. I was just wearing colorful shorts, so it was easy to remember me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great, well, I remember, and the wrestling was tremendous, and the MJF and Jungle Boy, I remembered that, and had booked him also in a dynamite match that mm-hmm. was a great match and you know they'd only done a couple things together and i remember i changed some times on them and uh they were like like you know 
they seemed like they'd be thrown off and instead they, they thrived on it. But when they seemed like they'd be thrown off, I said to them, I was like, you know, I figured you guys had wrestled a hundred times. They hadn't, uh, they'd only wrestled a couple times and they have the chemistry of guys that have been, you know, doing this together forever. To me, it's one of the great, uh, rivalries, not just for the future, but now like MJF mm-hmm. and jungle boy, we always talk about potential and potential, but those guys are like two of the top guys right now. And at their age, that's when it's really exciting when you have guys in that conversation. And uh, with Wardlow and Luchasaurus, the lumberjack match last night, they're just, you know, you call them hosses. They're (laughs) two big hosses, and uh, things got really chaotic and crazy last night. And uh, I think with Wardlow and Luchasaurus, to me, uh, I think, you know, they're kind of the X factors in this match because uh, everybody knows this rivalry goes way back between uh, Jungle Boy and uh, MJF, but... Luchasaurus and Wardlow are, you know, two big names to the future, too, and uh, they both gotten over big, and uh, I think that's going to be an awesome tag match. Yeah, another awesome tag match, Private Party against Santana and Ortiz. We, we talk about X-Factors. It's a cliche in wrestling, but really, with Matt Hardy being with Private Party, that's that's, that's pretty special. You have three potential X-Factors with <laughs> Matt Hardy. Right. I mean, right. it's, it's hard to know who he's ever going to show up. Well, I think, now, it's, int- it's going to be interesting because... Uh, Chris Jericho now will be on commentary for this show, whereas mm-hmm. Matt Hardy is going to be at ringside. So you mm-hmm. have both teams are really advised by all-time legends. Sure. Not just all-time legends in, in the wrestling business, but also two of the great tag team wrestlers of all time. Very all true. The, Very all true. the great tag teams Chris Jericho has been in. All mm-hmm. the, like, Obviously, Matt Hardy's you know, a Mount Rushmore tag team wrestler. Right. So I think uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome match. And uh, those are two top teams. And you know, there's there's been a rivalry going on for a while between uh, Private Party and Santana Ortiz. It goes back, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a great match. I, I like the dynamic of, of Private Party with uh, with Matt Hardy. I really do. Hardy Party. Hardy, yeah, Hardy Party. Because we've seen the videos. They're kids who just love the business, like much like Matt Hardy was when he first started in the business, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's really a great it's a great pairing. I think so. Too. Yeah, I'm I glad you like it. Yeah, it's I, fun really thing. I really well, do. I really. That's a really fun uh, pairing. And, well, we've got uh, a lot of fun stuff in night one, and then we still, I mean, we've talked about these three great matches, and we still have uh, the two world right. title matches. <laughs> right, yes. we, uh, we sure do. i tell you what, let's do. Let's, uh, let's talk about those world title matches in just a moment. We're talking with Tony Khan, and we're talking about Fighter Fest beginning next Wednesday for two weeks on TNT. This is AEW Unrestricted. We're sitting here with Tony Khan, Tony Schiavone, just surrounded by Tonys. Uh, we're talking night one. Fighter Fest, which will be next week, July 1st, on TNT, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. We've talked about a couple of great tag team matches. We've already got two that we've covered, Santana and Ortiz yeah. versus Private Party. We we've also talked about uh, MJF and Wardlow, Wardlow. versus uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. But two more world title matches, night one. Two more world title matches and another tag match, night mm-hmm. one. So Best Friends versus Kenny and Hangman. And this is personally one of the matches I'm most excited about because I've seen what Best Friends were capable of doing over the course of April and May, leading up to where we are now and how they got here, but then the chemistry that Kenny and Hangman have built, despite the differences that it have that we've seen within the elite, this is going to be one of those matches that's just. I think it's going to be one that everybody talks about. I think so too. Uh, you know, the sit-down interview those teams did uh, really showed uh, there is a lot of animosity. They're two yeah. fan-favorite teams, but as we saw at Revolution who are ironically the sparks also kind of flew mm-hmm. uh, in the sit down interview before revolution between the young bucks and Kenny and hangman. This one also got pretty spicy. And to me, 
I think these are the two top tag teams in AEW right now. And it's interesting look at the two teams because whereas Kenny and Hangman have you know consistently been great every time they team they also had a break of a couple months mm-hmm. and uh, they came back firing in all cylinders in the stadium stampede and then they've defended the titles a couple times since then mm-hmm. uh, but they uh, really uh the best friends have been the team that has been the most consistently in action. They've, they've been so huge to us. And I, I can't say enough, you know, I, when you talk about AEW and the great shows and everything we've done, Kenny and Hangman, it goes without saying that Kenny and Hangman are such a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, main evented the first two pay-per-views we did, both each against Chris Jericho, you know, Kenny and Chris uh, in the title eliminator at Double or Nothing on our first pay-per-view and then our next big show at All Out. Uh, with you know Chris and Hangman for the title, and then since then they became this great team. And frankly, uh, I'm a huge believer in the Kenny and Hangman team. Mm-hmm. I was the original person who, uh, like you know, pushed the Kenny and Hangman idea together, and that they they'd be a great team. And then they came together, and and their ideas that are very different, and their personalities are very different. They'd been in a stable together for quite a long time, but mm-hmm. they'd never been a regular tag team, and they really took to it. And then you know it became so important to AEW. Kenny and Hangman matches became really some of the best matches on our show. Some of the things that people really look forward to as much as anything is a great Kenny and Hangman match. And then over these past couple of months, the last time I did a podcast with you, we talked at length about how uh, we kind of kept the lights on here in AEW, so to speak, mm-hmm. with the tapings we did in Georgia, which, you know, if you, if you missed our, or the last time I visited you guys, mm-hmm. it's a fun uh, retelling of some fun ingenuity and I enjoyed uh, rolling my sleeves up and, and taking out the pencil and, <laughs> and doing a bunch of shows in a yes. hurry. And it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the best friends were a huge part of it. And, and the best friends were all over those shows. They were on almost right. every show. And multiple times in the same day. All of the matches were great. Amazing, amazing matches. Yeah. yeah. What they did in 24 hours uh, was so important to us. And, what they, and then not just those shows, but really all the shows. This year, even before the pandemic, like the best friends were coming into form as one of our top teams. They had this great rivalry with the Death Triangle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, PAC and, and Pentagon had been sidelined uh, due to the borders being closed during mm-hmm. COVID. So uh, the best friends just kept pounding away, and they beat a bunch of teams, and they won a bunch of matches against top teams, and now they're on a long winning streak. And, you know, you can't talk about 2020 and AEW without talking about their consistency. We really owe these guys. Right. And... Uh, that's where it got pretty interesting because Kenny and Hangman, I mean, you can't talk about AEW without talking about them. They're two of the biggest names, but frankly, the best friends earned their spot in the conversation yeah. this year. I don't think and, there's any question there. Yeah. And uh, I'm very, very, very fond of the best friends personally and professionally. I think they're a great team, and I'm really glad they're getting this chance to be in you know, one of the main event world title matches. And right. I think it's going to be uh, a great match and, you know, Night one is just a loaded, loaded yeah, show, and right. and we still have another title match. Yes, we do. Yeah, we, we still do. haven't talked about the women's title. Yeah, no, and yeah, you know, you 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 mentioned that uh, because of COVID, we haven't seen PAC and we haven't seen Pentagon. We really haven't seen a lot of our female competitors because of COVID. True, mm-hmm. a lot of the women right. in, in here in this comp- company live uh, in other countries, right. I had no doubt, and uh, uh, people haven't been available in Japan, obviously, right. and people haven't been available from England, so. It's definitely made it difficult, and uh, at the same time, we were very fortunate that a lot of the top women ranked in the division at the time were here. Right. And like we were on the last podcast, and it was like, you know, let's be glass half full. Sure, we in Georgia had you know twenty something percent of the roster available to us. 
but we had enough people available that were going to be in the TNT tournament. We were able to do this great yeah. tournament and tell right. these great stories and 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 do some really good shows. And and I was proud of some numbers we did on the back end of those shows, especially as we went later in the month on the tape shows and the numbers were going up and it proved the stories were compelling right. and we'd done good work. And uh, to me, you know, we are very fortunate that so many of the great women were here in America and that she you know, stayed in America and, and it worked out great for her too because yes. she continued her winning streak and won the championship. Right. But at the beginning of the COVID, uh, you know, there were questions about uh, who, you know, people were wondering whether they should stay here, go back. And I offered everybody, mm -hmm. uh, we'd do everything that we could to accommodate people who did stay here. And right. Sheeta uh, has been great about it. And there's great women that are still a huge part of the conversation that just aren't able to come over. And, right. uh, you know, obviously a lot of uh, women here in our company are wrestlers who are wrestling japan right mm -hmm. and uh so there's there's some women in japan that uh are a big part of the conversation and look to get back but we're so fortunate that Sheeta and nyla rose Britt baker and chris statlander now is injured but then penelope ford yeah she developed mm -hmm. during this didn't she, she penelope ford and big swole right. yes. really stepped up i mean Sheeta, we talked about how she stepped up on the title we talk about Britt ad nauseum we talk about Brit. you probably little, you talk about Brit. I talk about her a lot you talk about her a lot her ego's big we don't uh, need to make it any bigger and, uh, I'm not a conspirator she's just you know she's full of herself Brit, so Brit, we, you know there's a lot of Tony wants you to to pipe down with that <laughs> you're on wanna, time out aren't you I don't want to hear anymore. Okay. Uh, but so uh, no it's uh, it, you know, it's seriously uh, you know for Big Swole it's been a tremendous time because uh, she's broken out as a character what she did last night yeah. uh, her, oh. you know Brit deserved uh, the comeuppance really the last two weeks sure. and, and it was it was bad enough to put Brit into the dumpster but then really to bring uh, the garbage to Brit and mm -hmm. and give Brit kind of a taste of her own medicine is Brit's been kind of a bully this year and uh, I think Swole's paid her back and that's been great to see and but but you know on this on but night one, uh, the other wrestler I think who's had a huge breakout is Penelope Ford. Sure, mm -hmm. she and uh, it's, I'm I'm really happy that uh, Penelope Ford's getting this opportunity. You know, I haven't talked to you guys much about when Penelope Ford got the opportunity to wrestle on Double or Nothing because, speaking of Brit, it wasn't originally supposed to be Statlander and Penelope Ford in that match, mm -hmm. which right. was a great match, and sure. they they only had really several hours to get ready for the match because you know with. Brit, we got you know on, on, on a short uh, time frame that she was out injured. It happened on a Wednesday, and she, you know she went in and got checked out. And I wasn't really sure whether we would do a seven match pay per view or do a substitute or how we would do it. But uh, Penelope was already there managing Kip in the ladder match that mm -hmm. was going to open the show, and she was going to get involved in that. We knew, but uh, you know I felt like she if if she felt up to it, like she could really uh, help us out, but help herself out and, and have a great match with Statlander. They seem like they'd be great opponents and they're uh, both great athletes. And I thought with, with their athletic ability, their mentality, and with the great coaching we have, I thought they could put together a great match and have a great match on short notice. And they did. They had yeah. a great match. Very good. And, and as sad as I am for Statlander about her injury, and it, it, it stinks, I think uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for Penelope and we'd be remiss without talking about how much Penelope's grown as a wrestler in 2020. Right. Yeah. And, and I think uh, she deserves this chance, and I'm excited to see Sheeta Penelope is another right. great title match. When you signed uh, Penelope and Kip, now you signed, uh, we knew that Penelope was athletic, and we knew that she was involved in Kip's matches. But when did we? When did you realize? We all realized it. But she can be more than just a manager. I like Penelope as a as a wrestler. When you signed, I always, you did, as, yeah. when we signed Penelope, 
I mean, Penelope was with she was with Joey when on we signed Indies, her, yeah. and she was on the mm-hmm. Indies, and I'd seen Penelope interfere in Joey's matches, but right. she did exciting high spots, and yeah. and we believed that she could be a, an important part of the women's roster, but she and she's gotten a lot better in the last year, right. and really mm-hmm. worked her way up the top five to, right. to where she deserves this chance, and and what's cool is. Uh, when we announced it, people were really excited about the match, and yep. th- that shows how credible she's become right. in a in a quick time. Because you know, people are are harsh critics sometimes, and right. uh, I oh. think, as we all know. Yeah. But <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, people are great, and uh, when you know, when you have a compelling story, most people are going to latch onto it. From what sure. I've seen, and the better the story, the higher the approval rating is. I mean, a lot of times people don't like stuff, but you can't just say that like they're wrong because they don't like stuff. Like it, that they're they're right. Like right. it's not the customer is right is an expression, but there's a lot of truth to it because sure. if like if a storyline doesn't doesn't resonate and people don't get it, it doesn't mean they're wrong. It means you didn't do a good good enough job telling the story where they understand it. You might have had a cool idea and something compelling and maybe there was something to it but a lot of times people when an idea doesn't get across it doesn't get over people uh want to say like oh you know they didn't get it like you know like the people are goofballs like it's their fault and it's like no it's quite the contrary (laughs) and this was one of those things where both when we put her in with statlander it showed i thought when people there was such positive reception as a as a last days you know not exactly last minute but last you know last several hours Mm -hmm. substitute right uh on the day of the show that uh People were really excited for that match. Right. And then, you know, again, when we had her come in as a substitute for this match, people were really uh, excited because, frankly, originally, uh, I thought Statlander w- would get this match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's ironic because I thought Penelope stepped in and had this great match with Statlander. But then, frankly, that's not how it played out. Penelope earned it. Like, she, you know, the great scenario, she pinned the champion. Uh, and then what we saw last night... You know, Penelope's really grabbed a brass ring, and I think uh, a lot of, just like we talked about the best friends a f- few minutes ago and how they really seize the proverbial brass ring and uh, they uh, uh, seize the day, I think that the same could be said for Penelope, that really through this pandemic and through this year, she's, yeah. she's uh, made the most of these opportunities. One more thing about the women's division, uh, regardless of any conspiracy theories that may be out there. Or bias. Or bias. I'm not biased at You're all. Totally no, biased. I'm not. No. So there's a lot of interest in the women's division. You see it on social media and, and rightfully so. And I think I always say that you get you as much you put into something, that's how much you'll get back out of it. And we put a lot of effort into the women's division. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that put a lot of effort into women's wrestling. That's right. And I think it's showing. I really absolutely. Do. And I think is. Penelope is is a a case for that. We, I, think, I can't say enough good things about Kenny and the great ideas Kenny has. Right, we talked exactly. earlier about uh, you know about Britt going and uh, ending up in the dumpster. We haven't talked at all about Abaddon or Anna Jay. Right. Mm-hmm. And we talked right. about the women's division, but Kenny's done great stuff with them. You right. know, QT uh, had trained Anna Jay and Kenny saw something in her, but Kenny also had a great idea to really turn it over on people's heads when we you know built up a big Anna Jay debut and then yeah. uh, here comes Abaddon yeah. and all oh. of a sudden you know the deck has been stacked kind of and then marrying that together with uh, the the Dark Order story and it was a lot of fun right. sitting with him and kind of pairing those two things together yeah. I love uh, working with Kenny and then Kenny had these amazing ideas for uh, Brit recently with uh, the dumpster and Swole mm-hmm. yeah. and, oh he, and, and that worked out great for Swole yeah. it was great for Swole and, and even though it probably was not fun for Brit I think in, in the long run <laughs> it's good for Brit too yeah, yeah and, she, uh, and she then did this, quite well with it and we've had a, and then we did more fun stuff with it last night and so Kenny worked so hard 
on uh, the women's division, and it's a real pleasure to sit with them and, and, and work on that stuff. Yeah, it, it I really, really enjoy is. it. Yeah, again, you put a lot of effort into it, and we're seeing it. We really are. And, You're going to see I, quality coming you, out. Yeah, you really are because of the effort we put into it. We really are. We're talking with Tony Khan. We've talked about uh, the first night of Fighter Fest. I think we've talked about all the matches, three title so. matches the yeah. first night. Yes. The second night of Fighter Fest, they got uh, one big title match, which is the, the world title match. But there's a whole lot more, and we'll talk about that coming up here on AEW Unrestricted with Tony Schiavone and... Aubrey Edwards. I'm glad you still know your name. Yay! This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here with Tony Khan. We just ran through the card for night one of Fighter Fest, which is next week, July 1st. Right. Big, big night. Three titles, multiple tag matches. All of the matches are going to be definitely, you can't miss. But we've also got night two of Fighter Fest, July 8th. 8 o'clock, 7 central on TNT. Tony, like, <laughs> how much wrestling can you pack into a single show? Because Six <laughs> matches. You can't pack any more than six matches into a show, and, and that's what we've two got. Two-hour show matches. with picture-in-picture picture and <laughs> ad partners. That This is a lot. This is... I mean, this is a pay-per-view. This is insane. Yeah, it's really almost two. I mean, and, and, and across the two weeks, there's, it's as good as any pay-per-view card we can do, which is saying something because I'm really proud of, of the stuff we do. So I, I, to, to do a show like this, I hope it's big for a lot of reasons. It's big for the fans that have stuck with us through, you know, nine months of television at, mm-hmm. at this will mark, but also over a year of wrestling shows. And uh, it's also going to be great for people that haven't seen AEW before and tune in for, for big... Uh, events and i think it'll draw in some fans so i'm excited and it's also going to just be an awesome show with great wrestling yeah. and you could jump right into it i think we've got lance archer and joey, joey janela right. oh boy we, i'm excited <laughs> for that match we've seen uh lance has taken some interest in joey and and sunny as sunny and joey have become a, a great team lately but lance uh, on on dark and you know recently has has taken a lot of interest and has, has been watching uh them with uh possible licking his chops like a, an appetite he's got for destruction and i think uh, it's going to be a great match and joey is a great opponent for archer because joey has no regard for his own uh no. body or well-being <laughs> and nor does he have any regard for anybody else's body or well-being frankly so he's a perfect uh, opponent for lance archer and it should just be a crazy spectacle and an awesome wrestling match oh man we have uh cole cabana with uh members of the dark order Yes, including Brody. Him, yeah, uh, Brody was the wrestler, tag, right? And Colton Brody will be in there. And I believe I, I I'm I'm going to say Stu of the uh, Dark Order, of the Dark Stu Order. Grayson, you know, num- uh, numero dos, as it were. Yeah, uh, he will be in there, and uh, that's going to be a great tag match, uh, a great six man tag against SCU. And uh, you know, when we first saw Cole Cabana come into AEW, it was actually a revolution on the buy in. And before Revolution kicked off, we saw Colt Cabana show up to save SCU mm-hmm. from the Dark Order. That's right. And then this shows how much things have changed with Brody Lee in charge of the Dark Order now. He's turned the organization around yes, so he much. Has. And uh, since he came in and decided to take control and get his hands around things, he's really got, got his hands around things. And uh, so uh, things have changed so much now. Colt Cabana has been recruited against his old friends. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it just shows how much things have changed. I feel like uh, it's like shows what a few bad decisions can do to you. Right. And I think that for Colt Cabana, uh, it's been a fun story that we you know, enjoyed telling. And uh, it'll continue to be a fun story. And I think that uh, with SCU, you know, they've been consistently great wrestlers here and they've been in some of the 
great matches so we've had, and uh, I'm excited for, for this. So I, that's going to be another great match. And then we were talking about uh, women's wrestling, and we were talking about Sheeta and the women's title being up on night one, and mm-hmm. the former champion, Nyla Rose, mm. has, is going to be in action, and also she says she has an announcement. Uh, an announcement. I'm I, really I, interested to see what this is. I have an idea what the announcement is, and it's awesome. And okay. nobody Ooh. else knows, but I know, and it's, I think it's going to be huge. Okay. And, uh, so Nyla Rose in action and has an announcement, and we always know when, you know, when somebody's in action, uh, anything can happen. So uh, that should be a lot of fun, and uh, she's going to have some more details on that. Okay. And, and then uh, I think now uh, you know, we've seen through several weeks things have gotten very intense between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So many puns. It started, uh, <laughs> right. to me, it, things got very uh, sideways. When you were in the broadcast booth with Chris, Chris was really none too pleased with Orange Cassidy right. as he was on commentary, and he had a lot of really nasty things to say about him. And then uh, Orange Cassidy kind of innocuously, I thought, walked through Chris's shot uh, when Chris was doing an interview. And he took exception to that, and then inner circle jumped uh, Orange Cassidy as he was going into the TNT title battle royal, which uh, was a really fun uh, battle royal. We had a lot of fun working on it. So much fun. And uh, Chris tried to ruin the fun, but it was uh, (laughs) uh, was still ended up being really fun. Orange (laughs) Cassidy still almost won. And we did a really good number, and I was really proud of that because we had fun putting that together. And then for, you know, over a million people to be watching that finish, which was such a cool moment with, you know, so many of the important stars of AEW to have MJF and Wardlow out there and they get tossed and it's suddenly it's just Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Chris tried to ruin that for Orange Cassidy. And then since then, Orange Cassidy came back and Chris and Sammy had a chance to become the number one contenders. Best friends, whether it was wise or not, they put the title shot on the line a couple weeks ago and that worked out okay for them. Now they still have their title shot and they got some revenge. They had a plan worthy of Chris Jericho. And uh, Orange Cassidy was dressed as the cameraman. He was on oh. camera 12. And <laughs> camera 12. He so did dependable. A great job on camera 12. <laughs> he was very dependable. Yeah. And uh, the referee was not you. It was Bryce. But somehow Bryce uh, managed to miss that Orange Cassidy was down there the whole time and didn't notice what was going on. But that's typical Bryce. And uh, I'll have to look into that. Uh, but uh, We can't see everything, Tony. We don't have eyes in the back of our head. Well, that, that Bryce uh, was out of position, I thought. But, yeah. Uh, Nevertheless, you know, I, I did, you know, it's my fault for giving Orange Cassidy a cameraman's license. Uh, How dare you? But uh, <laughs> There are cameraman licenses now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, give a, <laughs> give <laughs> a license, give a oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, you know, with him being out there, uh, it, that was a really fun end of the show. And those guys are having a really fun rivalry. And then last night they took it to another level. Right. With, and... Uh, you know, Orange has had some comeuppance on Chris, and mm-hmm. frankly, like, we haven't seen anybody get to Chris like this in a long time, but we also haven't seen a wrestler get so popular so quick. Amazing. It, you know, out of nowhere. It's an amazing story. And it's been a lot of fun working on it, and it's a lot of it I've we've worked on and, and tried marketing him and, and building you know, such a fun character. And this, this, he's an enigma and he had such a great presentation coming in and nobody really believed in it. I felt like outside of a core group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's been really, really fun building something from the ground up with, with Orange Cassidy. I feel like because, uh, outside of the really hardcore wrestling fan base, there probably weren't a lot of people 
every week that were tuning in to watch him at first. Right. But he organically, as you saw, you know, through all your career in the wrestling business, Tony, and your vast travels and, and broadcasting and, and production, you've seen people organically get over like That's this. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. And then as it was becoming more and more apparent that it was working, mm-hmm. it was fun putting in and, and investing in it and doing the details. And if you look back at Orange Cassidy, if you look back to 2019 even, a lot of people don't remember this, before there was a death triangle and before there was the idea of Pac and the Lucha Brothers versus Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends, mm-hmm. they're really, I was already experimenting with this idea, trying to set up eventually Pac and Orange Cassidy in the matchmaking when I booked uh, Pac and TH2 in a match with Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Mm-hmm. The idea was to put some backstory out there with Pac and Orange Cassidy for the long run when it was time for Orange Cassidy to finally have a singles match. Mm -hmm. But we built up, subtly built up for a long time to his first singles match because he was really either a manager or he did some six-man tags and he was in a couple of battle royals, but he hadn't, until Revolution, ever done a singles match. And I remember in Kansas City, it was this crazy day because uh, Fulham were playing uh, Swansea in... uh, English football, and uh, I was watching in the locker room next to Pac, and I ran in because Pac is also a big English football fan, and we scored in th- at the death, like the final minute, uh, to beat Swansea, and I ran in and gave Pac a big hug, and I remember <laughs> uh, he was going to go in, not that uh, Pac's a hugger, and obviously <laughs> totally now, not. right now none of us are huggers. Right? None of us are huggers, <laughs> no. But, but at the, you know, in February we were still hugging, and uh, I grabbed <laughs> Pac and stole a hug from him. And then... Uh, I was really happy, and I went up to catering, and I knew that one way or another after the pack Kenny Omega Iron Man match, that after they you know went the distance, that uh, Orange Cassidy was going to be coming out to challenge Pack because Pack had this interview on the format with you, and right. and I had told you before we did it that they're going to chant these people. He's going to try. Yes. He's going to try. He's going to try. Yeah. And that uh, the best friends are going to hit that line that. The joke's going to be unpacked, that he's going to try, and that just watch, it's going to work. And there was, at that catering table, there was some doubt at the right. table whether mm-hmm. this was actually going to work. And people, I think, the, but boy, did that work really well. It really did. I, mean, I think that really opened a lot of people's eyes about him, about we know what kind of character he was and how people had loved him. But once he stepped in the ring and once we, could, we saw what he could do, yeah. I remember saying, oh, my God. That's the genius of it yeah. because, like, mm-hmm. people don't know that, you know, inside of this guy's gimmick, like right. underneath that is this amazing wrestler. Right, exactly. And a genius, like right. an actual mm-hmm. genius of a person yeah. who's, uh, if they only knew, that his ideas in terms of execution, presentation, putting together a wrestling match, he's such a great technician in terms of like, uh, obviously bell-to-bell wrestling, but also just in terms of the little details uh, he puts into his character. Right. He's uh, really come, like we said, such a long way since we started but that's been one of the most fun things I've ever worked on or done is, you know, building up that match. And Pack versus Orange Cassidy didn't have, in a lot of people's eyes, all that much buildup. We announced it on three days' notice before the pay-per-view, you know, on the go-home show and right. out of nowhere as something to pour gasoline kind of on the fire. It ended up being a hugely successful show and a hugely successful match. And obviously, you know, a lot of that's credit to Pack and him being such a great, great star, great heel, great wrestler. But also, like, Orange Cassidy was a great opponent for him. And then since then, in this time, we talked about the best friends and people that have stepped up and done a Mm -hmm. lot for us. Orange Cassidy has been huge for us 
this year. Uh, you know, before the pandemic with Revolution, and then in the pandemic on a weekly basis, he's been a major part of the show. Right. And like mm -hmm. we talk about the best friends, the same thing applies to him. Week in, week out, he was there for us and a huge part of the shows. And this is somebody that like organically like earned this spot right. and uh, nobody can take it away from him. And now, just like we were talking about with Kenny and Hangman on night one against the best friends, you know, Kenny and Hangman, when we came in, they're two of the biggest names in the company. And, you know, every big wrestling fan would list them among the top stars in AEW when we started. The best friends have earned that status over the last several weeks now and uh, worked their way up. Kenny and Hangman did that over the accumulation of their careers. The best friends have seen this meteoric rise really in the last several months. Orange Cassidy wasn't the biggest name when we started AEW. Chris Jericho was the biggest name when we yes. started AEW. And while Chris may still be the biggest name we, since we started, the guy who the arrow is pointing up on the most may be Orange Cassidy. Yeah. He's a star right now. Yeah. And the numbers show it. And he proves it every week. And uh, I'm really excited for that match. You know, a lot of fans are excited about uh, the tag teams we have in that eight-man tag team match. Oh, it's going to be an awesome match. I'm glad, yeah. I'm, gl I'm glad you brought that up because, Tone, that is going to be something spectacular. I mean, for the top teams, four teams, all so different. I mean, yeah, different styles. Some of the top teams in the world, yeah. not right. even just in AEW, but the variation in style amongst all four of these teams is insane. Yes, you have FTR with Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler, and then you've got the Young Bucks and they're teaming and they have the idea of the Young Bucks and FTR what, teaming. What world do we live in? Yeah. Who would have ever <laughs> thought that would ever be possible? But right. that's, that's, that's happening. We've got Young Bucks and FTR in an eight-man teaming against the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade. I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome match. And it's great to have the Lucha Brothers back here. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it really is together. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, good. so nice to have them back. Uh, Penna had been uh, trapped across the border and wanting mm -hmm. to come back and wrestle and uh, you know, not possible. And uh, now that it's been made possible and we've got these precautions at the shows and people can come and feel safe about it, you know, Penna and Phoenix being back here is awesome. And Butcher and the Blade, you know, you talk about teams that have stepped up and they had that great match mm -hmm. with FTR and uh, they, they've been a really important team for us and we've seen them involved with MJF and in some big stories. This is probably the biggest thing they've been involved with right. in AEW to be involved in one of these top matches on Fighter Fest. And the first time the Young Bucks and FTR ever team, yeah, and then you talk about the Young Bucks and FTR and the Lucha Brothers, maybe the three best tag teams in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the three best tag teams of the last decade. Mm -hmm. And Butcher and the Blade, they've stepped up and where nobody questions why they're in this match. So again, uh, I think it's, that's going to be another awesome match yeah. on this show. So it all culminates now with the world title match. And uh, we have two uh, behemoths, I don't know if I can use that term or not, but two of the strongest, most powerful uh, violent guys in all of AEW going at it. I don't think behemoth does Brian Cage to justice. <laughs> no, I don't, maybe not. He's, he's and a then, scary, large individual. And then Taz is involved now with Brian Cage. Oh, boy. And, uh, man, what a way to, to close out uh, two days of Fighter Fest. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome title match. I've... I really believe in Brian Cage. Brian Absolutely. Cage, he signed with us in January, but he didn't debut until Double or Nothing. I think mm -hmm. it was uh, January when his contract expired. It was uh, early in the year. Yeah. And uh, Brian was rehabilitating uh, an injury for a while. It's hard to believe a guy as big as Brian could get hurt. And uh, he seems indestructible. And I think that's where Moxley is going to be looking for an edge on him. And uh, it'll be really, really interesting match. Uh, it's going to be... Also interesting because of Taz yes. and what Taz has done with Brian Cage as a manager, uh, as an advisor, as an advocate, 
The yes. promos have been tremendous, yeah. and Taz and John Moxley are two of the best talkers in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage and John Moxley getting together in wrestling is going to be like a tornado. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think it's going to be a great main event. And for me, you know, when Brian Cage went out and attacked him in the parking lot and brought the fight to him, oh. that's what it's all about. When people thought I would be upset with that and that they destroyed the company car with the AEW license plate on oh. it that we use for our food runs and catering <laughs> things like that but i thought it was uh that's what dynamite's all about is great moments like that yeah mm-hmm. i was happy to pay that repair bill and i'm you know i'm sorry uh about that destruction but uh, i think that's what uh it's all about and that john was uh you know we would have liked to have uh, had moxley in action these last couple of weeks but he's mm-hmm. been really banged up since cage did that but uh, i understand he will be good to go for fighter fest and uh I think it's going to be uh, the toughest test we've had for Moxley. Yeah, I agree. Moxley has never disappointed. I mean, from the time he won the title of Revolution to the double or nothing match that he had against Brody Lee, I mean, he has he has turned it on when when the bell sounds. So yeah. it should be great. From Revolution, I mean, since he won the belt at Revolution right. through the match at Double or Nothing, absolutely, he's been a great champion. And uh, like I said, it's his toughest test. But I think Brian Cage would be a great champion too. So. Uh, for us, it's kind of a no-lose scenario. You it can't, could go either way. It's going to be an awesome match. Everybody yeah. wins because it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I'm excited. And we have some fun stuff. Surprise, peeling the curtain back. This is going to be a fun show. Both weeks are going to be really fun. And, uh, you know, you're going to want to stay tuned uh, and uh, down to the end because this is going to be a great okay. match and a great night. All right. Well, listen, it's it's great getting back with everybody again. It's Always. always. Isn't it? I mean, I just... I live for these. I really do just being able to. I love going to work. I love going to work, too. Yay. Thank you for that, man. Yes, I really you can't appreciate this. And that's what I want to hear. I mean, yeah. I'm really glad uh, that, you know, we, we'll all be back together in six days, and I can't wait. I can't oh, wait either. I'm so excited. Fighter Fest uh, begins this coming Wednesday. It's July 1st, and that's on TNT, 8 o'clock, 7 Central. And then night two of Fighter Fest will be July 8th, same time, 8 to 7 Central, only on TNT. It's going to be the greatest dynamites ever, I can tell you that. 11 two matches nights. total, yes. two nights. Don't miss it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thanks right. for having me on the show, and uh, I always, always enjoy seeing you too, and I'll always. see you next week at Fighter Fest. Yeah, be, be sure Be sure to subscribe to AEW Unrestricted, the podcast, for free wherever you get your podcasts. And just search AEW Unrestricted if you're looking for it. And I'm Tony Schiavone. I'm Aubrey Edwards. Thanks for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Peace out. 